Hey friends, it's Julia, your host for Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. And on today's show, Shy is back and we're talking The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the second Disney Plus original series to feature characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe's continuation of the Avengers storyline. After Endgame, the world is grappling with how to deal with the reappearance of millions of people after five years of unknown. In The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we see Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes trying to reconfigure their lives in the aftermath. The reason why I think I love Bucky and Steve Rogers so much is because they are humans out of place, having grown up in an era that no longer exists, missing out on the evolution of the world, and then having to readjust not only to survive, but to save the world from evil. It's not unlike being biracial, bicultural, in the sense that your entire world is normal until you go to school and experience something else, which can be a shock to the core. No one, quote, gets you. No one else has shared experiences. You're constantly pivoting and trying to understand how you fit. For Steve, he was frozen on ice, and for Bucky, he was trapped by Hydra. Neither fully experienced life as they should have post-World War II. Their duality is more than palpable. It's a main part of their story arcs. Similarly, Sam's life is also one of unique experiences, having worked with the Avengers. The home he comes back to sees him as the hero he is, but that doesn't help sustain the family business. Facing uncertainty, Sam clashes with his sister in many ways. Bucky and Steve both make similar statements when attempting to date, which isn't a huge plot line in, in any of their appearances, but it's there as a reminder that even though they look young, really they are old and not of this world. The world Bucky and Steve left was normal for them. Steve Rogers is obviously not in this particular installment. Marvel is creating a world where humans can have full range relationships that include intimacies that are platonic. We commonly relate intimacy with sexual situations. That's just one definition. Intimacy can also be a close friendship or familiarity. The Marvel universe has tapped into this so well that the internet consistently creates theories. We should always be challenging this idea that men and women or women and women or men and men can, can't possibly have platonic intimate relationships with, the, with each other. Marvel shows us that this just simply is not true. And now here we go to the show. Shy, welcome back. This is like your third appearance yes mm -hmm. so clearly we uh clearly I love having you on the show and clearly we have a lot of talk uh, oh my god and clearly we have a lot to talk about yes thank you so much for having me again I love being here okay let's dive in so when we talked WandaVision you know we digressed into Falcon Winter Soldier because it had started airing at the time of our recording and I had basically was like Anthony Mackie, what did you do? You're supposed to be Captain America. I'm so disappointed. Not fully realizing that that was going to be like the entire crux of the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like his battle of, you know, black man in America who's a superhero. Like, good job. Good job, Disney. You did a good job here. They did. They weren't but, afraid of uh of dealing with that, which I found commendable, especially yeah. in today's political climate. Yes. And so 
in episode one, they're kind of in the new world, right? There, mm-hmm. it's post everybody coming back. Sam's like, fuck this shit, I'm out, I'm going to the south. Bucky's hot with his staring and brooding. <laughs> I mean, Sebastian Stan is a beautiful, beautiful man. Mm, it's not no okay. denying that. Not okay. He, no one should be that attractive. It's just not okay. But also thank you for your Instagram, Sebastian Stan. First, I want to start with, Captain America's role in the Marvel universe, right? Like he's got this position. He's the first Avenger essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that transition at the end of Endgame, where he's like, you know, if every, if the listeners will remember, recall if they've seen Endgame, when Steve Rogers asks Sam, how does it feel? Cause he's holding the shield. And Anthony Mackie says, it feels like somebody else's. And then now having seen the entire season of Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier, that's a great setup in Endgame Mm -hmm. for this series. So now Steve Rogers is gone and here we have Sam. Let's talk about Sam. I didn't realize he had a sister. Is that terrible? They never mentioned her before, I think, in the show, in the movies. Okay, Or maybe they might have like in um, Winter Soldier, but I don't recall. Thank you. I appreciate you for that because I was like, did I, did I miss something? No, they didn't really delve back into his background very much at all, other than the fact that he was in the military and that Mm -hmm. he was a flyer. Yeah, so vague because, you know, that's the deal. But I do really appreciate, like, they were sort of, he and Bucky, Sam Wilson and Bucky, James Buchanan Barnes, were sort of side characters. We didn't get the same sort of depth that we got with the more main Avengers. So I appreciate this series being able, having that opportunity to sort of explore them a little bit more. So one of the things that we know bothered me is, you know, Steve relinquishing the shield to the government. Sam did not, not Steve. Steve? You're right, Sam. So one of the things that we know bothered me was Sam relinquishing the shield to the government. Yeah, I mean- I kind of, I, I kind of had a feeling where they were going to be going with it, but I didn't think they were going to go like as far as they did with that. So mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised about it. I was disappointed. And mm. I was like, no, he's supposed to be like, but the way they, they did it ultimately, I'm really happy with. Yeah. So let's talk about Sam first and a struggle first. And then we can talk about Bucky. Cause I got a lot of, I got a lot of emotions about Bucky and they're not all just sexual. Okay. <laughs> but they're mostly sexual. Yeah. So I recognize and understand that I am a light black woman. I, I understand that. I'm learning how to cope with that, I guess, mm-hmm. is how I could put that. But watching Sam go through this struggle, coming home to the South, his sister. So, so I couldn't quite gather what their family business was. Was it like shrimping? It seemed like it was shrimping or like crawfish trawling crawfish. or something like that. Maybe it was one of those two, but it was definitely like that sort of situation some sort of louisiana shit sorry for if that's offensive to anybody who's in louisiana listening so he comes home and he's got to figure out his place in life and you know i thought that was a really interesting parallel because the concept of like black americans not really having a place to fit already anyway so sam has this very unique experience of being part of the avengers team he's not a super soldier because he's Mm -hmm. not been tested on in that way but then also you know he's got this true intersections right then he's just he's a black man in america his family 
business is basically falling apart like multiple people's are and his sister's trying to keep everything going with his inconsistent help and and I just I guess I just wanted to talk about that like how like you're like you I mean you have a better I mean I'm I know I'm a brown person in America but Mm -hmm. you I can't I can't speak to the black experience in America. So I feel like you are really the better person to talk about that. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious how that, how other people translated that story, took that story in. Mm -hmm. That's, I guess what I'm curious about. Like, how did you respond to that storyline of like him coming back and all of these things happening in his life? I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a well-asked question, Shy. No, that's, I get what you're trying to ask. I just don't know if I can convey it properly. I mean, I feel like, first of all, I feel like the people that are watching this show and feeling for Sam are not the people that should be watching this show and learning about the Black experience in America, first of all. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they did a, a good job of, of like showing how he's feeling um, about, the shield about the mantle of Captain America about being a black man in America, especially during the scene um, when they get pulled over by the police. Oh my gosh. That scene, that scene. I mean, because throughout the entire season he had or series, there's that issue. People like they go to the bank to try and get a small Mm -hmm. business loan. And the guy's like fangirling. Oh, you're Falcon. Oh my God. Can I get a selfie? All these things. And it's like, Oh yeah, you still can't get a loan, but can I get a selfie? Yeah. What? Like, no, fuck you. I thought that scene was really interesting, but I didn't really feel like it had anything to do with him being a black man. It was just like, he didn't, his family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the police scene was definitely because he was a black man in America. Yeah. And And then the the whisper of like, oh, that's Falcon. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. You know, thank you for your service, Sam. And them pulling straight away and being like, okay, what's the problem here? And straight going to Sam when Bucky was right there. And then when Bucky was ultimately arrested, how they treated him versus the way they came into the situation to treat Sam Mm -hmm. was like vastly different, like gently handcuffing him. And maybe it was because they knew at this point that he was an Avenger, but yeah, uh, he was definitely, you know, essentially murder them. If with his bare hands, if he wanted to, with that steel arm. <clears throat> yeah. And I know in reading in interviews that, oh my gosh, I can't remember his real name. I just call him Sam all the time. Anthony Mackey. Anthony Mackey. Thank you. Um, he was very much aware, like, cause they filmed this during the pandemic. So it was like within the past year. So everything was going on with George Flo- Floyd and Breonna Tyler. And um, he, he knew like the weight of what was going on on his shoulders so I I feel like they've definitely pulled that off especially at the end of the show with his monologues and the way they handled the yeah the new Captain America thing I think for me what was really also interesting was learning about Isaiah Bradley yeah me too I mean we've talked about this before I haven't read the comic book so I don't know anything about him I don't know what's, you know, in theory, what's happening because I don't have the comic book reference and Bucky so casually being like, oh, we're going to go meet somebody. <laughs> and then and Sam's like, you're telling me there's a black super soldier in the world that no one's talking about and just how powerful that moment those moments that he and Isaiah Bradley had together just the past meeting the future and then excuse me the past meeting the present and trying to identify what the future looks like and it just broke my heart because like I just love old people (laughs) so you have this old man who's like didn't get to live his life and he served his country and you know he was thrown in 
prison for 30 years and all these things happened without him. And it just, it just broke my heart. Well, yeah. And the fact that knowing that the exact same thing that happened to him happened to a white man and the white man is treated like a God basically in America. And he had to like live his life in quietness and not tell anybody his story until Sam was able to tell it for him. Um, Another thing that Sam had to deal with a lot that um, was so frustrating was being called the black Falcon. Right. Oh, look, it's the black Falcon. No, he's just a Falcon. No, why, why you didn't call him like white winter soldier. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, that's, that was really frustrating to hear. And you like want to like yell at the people, but they are making the point that people need to hear. Yes. Like I agree. Subconscious. And it was even like other black people saying like, oh, it was a black Falcon. Yeah. And he's like, no, man, I'm just a Falcon. Yeah. And then at some point, what did the, he and Sebastian Stan had an interaction where, you know, they're fighting about that. And then mm-hmm. he's like, no, it's I'm white wolf. Oh yeah. He said, oh, they're going to start calling you the white Panther. Oh, that's it. That's what it was. He's and he's like, like no, no it's-, it's the white wolf. And Sam's yeah. like, what? Because yeah. you didn't know that they actually did call him the white wolf in Wakanda. Yeah. Oh, I loved that the Wakandans showed up. Yes, me too. I was really happy. I just love the Dora Milaje like so much. Yes. So, so much. Yes. Um, that that was a really cool scene for me when they came and kicked everyone's butts. Yeah. And they do it with time. This sounds this sound stupid. They do it with like a timeless violence, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? So like in Black Panther, the women make a comment about like these men and their guns, how petty, how stupid, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the, the Wakandans don't have that type of weaponry. So I just, yeah. So I always think it's funny when they like always conquer whoever they're fighting with their bare hands and spears. It makes me happy. Yeah. (laughs) I, okay. So when we meet that, we learn about the flag smash flag smashers in the first episode and i kind of love that sam talks shit about their type about their name but we learn that they're trying to get back to the world before everyone reappears Mm -hmm. and so i thought carly was an interesting carly's the leader of the flag smashers which by the way she is half jamaican and half irish and i just kind of appreciate you know mixed girl representation thank Mm -hmm. you disney Disney loves her too. She was in the Star Wars movie, the solo she movie. She was? Yeah. She played in Fest Nest. Nest? Nest. In the solo movie. Oh, I didn't She's, know that. She does a really good job of like subverting your expectations of what you, when you see her and like the actual characters that she plays, like are not what you would expect of somebody that looks like her at all, which is really cool. Oh, I love that. That's such a versatile actor. And I love that she had such an innocent face, but she's mm-hmm. literally leading this, ra- well- quote, radical movement, I felt like she was a really good representation of like current America or the current world, right? Like there's all of this sort of like feeling of not being heard, not being represented, being mislabeled. Mm -hmm. And I think that the flag smashers, probably the early years, because, you know, she does get a little bit aggressive towards the end. You know, they start out as with helping refugee camps and doing all these things and trying to get supplies to people. And then she sort of turns by the end of the season and is now just like more of a by any means necessary tone but not yeah, there's everybody definitely like terrorist vibes about her by the end of it yeah and not everybody on her team is for it they're like mm-hmm. we there's like it, there's that one scene when the building blows up and the kids like there's people inside and she's like this is the language they speak you have to speak their language is it the language they speak though 
but I thought I thought That's, that was that was the moment that I stopped like feeling like I was trying to like see where she was coming from. And mm-hmm. the second that she did that, I was like, yeah, no, no, I can't. Yes. Not your side anymore. I agree with you in that because now you're, you're literally taking innocent lives. Mm-hmm. Like these people just have jobs. We don't know what their belief system is in, 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 we, you know, one of the guys makes a comment about how they're, they're being terrorists, but you know, who, who knows beyond that. Right. And so it just, got hard for me to be like, go team Carly. Not like I was go team Carly in the beginning, but you're right. I agree with you. It was just like, now you're just kind of acting violently to act violently mm-hmm. is what it felt like. Yeah. So I do understand where Carly is coming from. And I get that that's an issue. And I think Sam did a really good job at the end of being like, you need to include these people in your conversation that you're going to have then. Like, you can't just make these unilateral decisions without them. Okay. Let's move on from Sam to mm-hmm. Bucky. Cause you want to. Oh, you love them both though I really do I want them like I feel like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is Marvel's version of a buddy cop show that we all needed oh oh absolutely (laughs) we did I mean from um Civil War the scene when they were trying to get away from Spider-Man that whole thing like set off this like I need to see them more of these two together yes and I think D- Disney knew what they had on their hands if they were like gonna buddy them up on something yeah and they have great chemistry together like Me too I do feel like the first episode was a little rough in getting into the groove of what the expectations were and just their relationship but I think actually now that was intentional because they're trying to re-assimilate into a world Mm -hmm. and so segueing into Bucky Bucky's always having this hurdle because he's 100 years old so not only is he 100 years old he also is in a similar situation with Sam because he's got you know, he supported the Avengers, but prior to that, he was Hydra. And then mm-hmm. prior to that, he was just a normal kid in 1940 something going to fight in World War II. So he's got all of these things that make him an outsider and he can't, he, there's no one he can have shared experience with in terms of life experience as a hundred year old man. And Sam's really the only other person that exists still that he can have some sort of shared experience with. But even then, it's not to the extent of like what Steve meant to him mm-hmm. and his whole internal conflict, like when he goes to therapy and he's just so angry about being in therapy. Yes. Give me all the scenes with him staring and brooding. I thank you for it. But he just has like, I, so I guess where I'm coming from is like, I understand his inability to fit in whatever world he's living in. I mm-hmm. feel like when you're a mixed person, that's totally relatable. Cause there's all these little like pockets that it, that exist in the world that you're not a part of, but you're mm-hmm. kind of a part of. And even as like a minority living in a, in an area where it's predominantly a different ethnicity. Yes. Um, I feel that too. Okay. So the therapist says to him, cause you know, he's talking about the steps that he needs to take. Mm-hmm. They're reviewing that while you're looking at the actress. He says to her, all right, give me a break. I'm trying. Okay. This isn't, this is new for me. I, I didn't have a moment to deal with anything. You know, I had a little common Wakanda. And other than that, I just went from one fight to another for nine years. And then Dr. Yeah. Rayner is her name on the show. So now that you've stopped fighting, what do you want? And I just love that she was so direct with him because I feel like now he's spending sort of the rest of the series trying to figure out what he wants. Mm-hmm. But what did you think about his date? Oh, 
the things I care about. Let's talk. Who cares that Bucky can't figure out how to get into assimilate and that he's trying to make amends to everybody whose family members he murdered. I want to talk about his dating life. That sad old Japanese man. I loved him. His name is Yuri. I loved him. He was so cute. But again, I love old people. So I thought his date was interesting. I'm trying to remember harder when I should... He makes what? a comment because there was a, I, and I was going to, I specifically set this aside to ask you, because I know last time we talked about Marvel stuff, you're like, are you on the boards? I'm like, no, but I need to be. And then I didn't, but he makes a comment about like online dating and how it's like weird. And like, why are there tigers and all this stuff? <laughs> so then the internet apparently explodes and I heard says, about this. Yes. And they're like, that's confirmation that Bucky's by Cause why would he see tiger photos? Variety interviews some of the people who are involved in the show and the, I think it was the director is basically like, no, that's not confirmation that he was by. That's just to highlight that he like, this world makes no sense to him because mm-hmm. he's 106 years old. And I thought that was interesting. And I, and I'm wondering like, because the way that they address it, it doesn't feel like they're negating the potential for a bisexual experience. It's just, mm-hmm. they're sort of like saying like, no, that's not his, that's not his story. That is a story, but that's not Bucky's story. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you see any chatter about that on? I did see the chatter about that, especially about the tiger comment, but I didn't ever, I feel like, how do I say this? I feel like men being, um, emotional with each other or men being tender with each other is seen always as oh that's gay when you know I feel like it's it's such a stupid stupid thing I feel like men should be able to have emotions and be you know like not manly men with each other all the time especially because he came from a different era that being seen as like a not I mean, he's obviously very macho, but he's mm-hmm. not like a, like he has male friendships and he can open up to people. And I feel like because of that, people are like, oh yeah, he's gay, which I, just is weird to me. Yeah. Why does a man who is in touch with his feelings and knows how to have an, an a platonic intimate relationship with another man, why do we immediately, why does culture immediately assume that means that he's gay? Yeah. And so the, to quote the director directly from the variety article she says what we were really more trying to display was his complete lack of technical skills as well as being part of any kind of community he doesn't fit that was i think more our intention there that try this i literally copy and paste it and the sentence is hard to read so that was that so that was i think more our intention there that that tries to pinpoint any other particular affinity. I think one of the things that Marvel does so well, and we've talked about this, is how they do have that presentation of relationships. Men and women are allowed to be friends without Mm -hmm. it being a problem. Men and men are allowed to be friends and full capacity friends, like you say. Mm -hmm. Um, And same with the women. There isn't competition between the women. They aren't feeding into those tropes and those stereotypes. And they're showing us in the most universal way, like, well, there's people who don't love superhero movies, but the (laughs) demographic that typically loves superhero movies are a little bit rougher. Sometimes some of them are not, some of them are nerds, whatever, but they have a variety, they have a wide variety. I feel like, I mean, sometimes Marvel doesn't do a great job of, uh, having women on women friendships and men on men friendships, but I'm just thinking of like that 
the girl power moment in Endgame that people hated on. But yeah. honestly, I fucking loved it. I was like, all the girls, all the girls are together. And yes. then it was like an ode to Black Widow who had just sacrificed her life to help make this moment possible. And I loved it, but I heard a lot of people hated that moment. They were like, it was pandering. It was like an unnecessary moment. Like, of course it had to be all the girls, but- how rude. I know. We don't have Just that. enjoy things, people. Just yeah. enjoy them. And you and I are of the age where we never had that shit. Yes, exactly. In TV and movies. So to see it in adulthood is so validating in a way because I don't know about you, but all the shit I watched on TV, there was like a best friend if they had a sidekick and that was it. They didn't have mm-hmm. a group. They didn't have. And then there was always some sort of conflict because you have to have conflict in shows, but it, there wasn't like this strength that the women of marvel have when they're Mm -hmm. together i think sex in the city is the first show i saw where there was like a girl group that was in 1998 and even then i don't know carrie sucks so (laughs) aren't they bringing that back they're trying to what is without without Samantha out Samantha I'm so irritated come on how she was in mannequin guys like fucking bring her back and she was in the first police academy movie don't discredit Samantha she was also like the worst Vulcan ever in the Star Trek movies she was like full of emotion and you're like Vulcans are supposed to be emotion anyway that's my other my other nerddom oh I love that but yeah like people kept trying to ship um Steve and Bucky and I'm like can they just be friends like yeah. I, don't, I mean make your own private you know uh fan fiction whatever you want to do but mm. like I never got any kind of vibe other than just like really true bromance between yeah. the two of them yeah and I'll read that fan fiction if anybody decides to create that send me you would mm-hmm. totally <laughs> I'm like I'm just an old lady apparently <laughs> like that's where I'm at in life but you're not wrong I feel like men are allowed to have a fully fleshed out relationship with each other that's complex and deep in emotion and intimate because intimacy doesn't necessarily like there's multiple definitions of intimacy it doesn't always mean it's a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. and so I feel like they're the other but I, I appreciate that Marvel doesn't shy away from the what is traditional mm-hmm to create dialogue it like he's just creating dialogue between us like I I think and you know what I think that's why I love Bucky and Steve so much is because they're not afraid to be vulnerable they're not afraid to be they're not afraid to totally love and feel committed to that friend like Steve's unrelenting loyalty to Bucky sometimes to a detriment Mm -hmm. but man we all want a friend that's like that for us you know and I just loved it and then even after the fact, because I think Bucky says something like, if Steve was wrong about you to Sam after giving up the shield, he said after they've been arrested, they're at the jail. I think so, yeah. It was when and, they were doing their therapy thing, I think. Mm-hmm, and he says, if Steve was wrong about you, then what does that mean? Then he was wrong about me. And he's yeah. just so disappointed at himself because, you know, Steve is good. He's like old America. Mm-hmm. I mean- how good was old America? I know the va- the image of old America. Yeah, but Steve was. Steve had a good heart. Yes. He was a good man. I guess that's what I mean because the- segueing into 
new Captain America. I know. I was just thinking about that. I was like, let's finish talking about Bucky first before we segue, though. Yeah, we can come back to Bucky. We can. We can always come back to Bucky. But also, I just want to say I am still waiting for my gay and my lesbian and my like more uh, representation as far as superheroes. Like that would be pretty cool, too. That would be cool. I would love that. I just but I also just like I'm not the person who's going to be like wildly offended about shit because mm-hmm. I'm just like you do you boo. Yeah, your life. I feel like we'll see that with the young Avengers because, you know, like generation mm-hmm. X or whatever they are now, like I feel like are a way more open and uh, in touch with their emotions that we'll might we might finally see a character like that oh yeah gen z is blowing up the water when it comes to race stuff and so like i've learned so much language from them about being biracial that i'm like yes i felt like that my entire life and you put it into words you 15 year old thank you (laughs) (laughs) you helped this old lady be able to verbalize how she's felt her entire entire life good on you but the new (laughs) the new captain america john walker versus steve rogers Like Mm -hmm. that's a huge, to me, that's such a stark contrast because Steve was always about the good. He was not complicated in any way, shape or form. He was very clear in his missions. I mean, he always felt betrayed if there was like a submission that was happening that he didn't know about, like, how dare you? We're all in the good, we're all here for good, but it's like the world's complicated. Steve, stop getting mad at Scarlett Johansson about her submission. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about John Walker. I okay. I think, me. I think definitely uh, going back to the first Avenger movie with Captain America, Dr. Erskine made a comment and he said that he picked Steve because Steve was a good man, mm-hmm. not a perfect soldier. He was a good man. And I think John Walker shows you what happens if you pick the perfect soldier rather than the good man to be Captain America. Yes. Shy. The, exactly. Because like that- he did everything he was supposed to. He did all of the tours. He did exactly what the military told him to do. And the second he had that super soldier serum in him, he, he murdered failed. somebody. Yeah, he still failed. And my son and I talked about this. Bucky and Steve Rogers and even and even Sam Wilson, who, who doesn't have the super soldier serum, but still went through military training and then became Avengers, had a very specific type of training to learn how to harness the power they wield if you Mm -hmm. will and john walker's a fucking free agent essentially he takes the serum some of the flag smashers have taken the serum the difference between steve and bucky having this super serum and the regular people having this super serum is that there's nobody guiding these new kids Mm -hmm. with it, with the power they have and the strength that they have now. And you can see it because they're more reckless in the way that they fight. If that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Oh, that scene when the shield and it has the blood on it. My heart broke. My daughter is five years old. She's watched all the Marvel movies. We've never had an issue with hiding her from anything. Um, And I had to cover her eyes on that scene. I've never had to cover my eyes or cover her eyes for any scene in a Marvel movie. And I was like, you can't watch this right now. And she was like fighting me. And I'm like, trust me, you just don't, you can't. This, the, the, the scene with the shield covered in blood is like haunting. Yes. And it's so starkly different from the way that they handle any other type of fight scene or death in the franchise from what I can recall. So it just was I got emotional (laughs) and that poor kid that he does it to like, sure. You're a flag smasher and people probably equate you to being a terrorist, but man, like 
he didn't deserve that. He didn't. And he had said like earlier in the episode, like, oh, I used to look up to Captain America. And then he gets killed by Captain America oh. with the shield. Like it just sent. It, I already had a feeling that I wasn't going to like the John Walker character. And I was trying to give him the, like the very first scene that you see him, he looks like an idiot. And you're like, this guy is like not going to be good. And then the beginning of the second episode, you're like, okay, let me give him a chance. He's trying. He seems like he's a good soldier, blah, blah, blah. And then I wanted, I don't know if it was in the second episode or the third episode, but he like barges into a room and he's like, do you know who I am? And I was like, Steve would never, Steve would never have said that ever. Ever. No, Steve was full of humility. He was selfless. He cared about everybody. And even oh. when he introduced himself to other people, he wouldn't say, I'm Captain America. He's like, I'm Steve Rogers. Yes. Like, do you remember the scene where he met Groot and Groot's like, I am Groot. And he's like, I am I Steve am Rogers. Steve. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, like Chris that Evans. from that instance on, I was like, no, this guy is not, not so- where total doucher that happens in episode three which is titled power broker which is where we get a little bit of an inside and we find we meet sharon sharon comes back oh sharon it makes you really wonder like was he a really great soldier because he just because the scene where sam is talking to carly and he's like getting her to calm down Mm -hmm. and then and then he just like barges into the room and ruins everything and you're like you're supposed to be this great military mind but you just can't a read a room and mm-hmm. be like you just barge in there like you own the place kind of like america in general but you know what i mean like yeah it's his way or the highway and you exactly. know what steve never would have done it that way i know and i really love that he questioned the dora milages oh what's the word i'm looking for like their ability to rule in that area what's that word i'm looking for oh jurisdiction jurisdiction yes exactly um but i'm like what is your jurisdiction dude like what who says that you can handle everything that's happening in prague yeah you're not in america right now he's captain america protector of the world and then when the girls kicked his ass oh it was so great and he's like but they're not even super soldiers no they're just really good ass kickers and exactly exactly see again and he says like the dumbest shit throughout the whole show where you're just like and listen i know we're supposed to hate you but you're doing a real good job at making me hate you yeah so his friendship, so his buddy sidekick is Lamar Hoskins. Mm-hmm. Battlestar. Mm-hmm. And when he gets first goes out, when John Walker goes out, has had his high school to do the whole show, Kit and Caboodle, to get interviewed by Sarah, who I love from GMA. <laughs> Tweeted at her a couple of times. She's liked a couple of my tweets, made my day. When they're in the locker room and Lamar's like, and he's like, John Walker's like freaking out. And Lamar's like, he says this listen, this suit comes with expectations, brother. You can't just punch your way out of problems anymore. You know, time to go to work. And I, the first time I saw the show, I was like, oh, pep talk. The second time I saw the show, I was like, you're telling us something in that statement because he, he's not, he's not a thinker. He's not a critical thinker. He, his friend is telling him he can't fight his way out of shit anymore. Yeah. Now that he's Captain America, like he's used to getting orders and following through with those orders, but he's not used to being the one that makes the call. Mm-hmm. And as Captain America, he Steve often was the one who had to make the call. Yep. <sighs> Do we have anything else to say about John Walker? Because uh, um, I don't know if we could talk more about John Walker without talking about the Contessa or Countess. Countess? Countess? Is it the same thing? Contessa and the con? No, they're different. They're different titles. Yeah. 
But okay, think, see, like the yeah. surprise that was Julia Louis Dreyfus walking on screen. I was like, what is happening right now? Where are we going with this? Which was very exciting. Um, but I think that it was said that she was supposed to be in spoilers in Black Widow. So her scene and which was supposed to come out already. So her scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be more of like an Easter egg sort of situation, not the not premiere of her character. So well, she's she still has more to come. So that's exciting. Which makes sense then because at the end, you know, what did they call him? I wrote it down. They called him US agent. That's it. Mm. And he's in all black. Yeah, mostly black. Yeah, mostly black. Which was a very they did a really good job with the costumes in this. They they were very faithful to the comic books in this. I'm assuming. Yeah, because I haven't read the comics. <laughs> I've perused the comics, but I haven't actually read them myself. Yeah. You know, one cool thing from the comics that they deviated from was that Carly was supposed to be Carl. It was supposed to be like a big man. And then they got this little petite young woman to do it instead, which I thought was really cool innocent looking face yeah so innocent and then she's like i love that scene where you first meet her and she's mm-hmm. like very innocent and scared looking and then all of a sudden she smiles and puts on the mask and you're like oh shit yeah she's the bad guy Kicks him out of the fucking <laughs> truck like boom yeah i thought that i think that's a good change though because it does sort of give this perception when you have this um innocent faced human leading a revolution it gives the perception that she's gonna be um what's the word I'm looking for underestimated mm-hmm. and they totally do the whole time they're just underestimating her I do love the dynamic that she and Sam had because mm-hmm. she's like she's constantly challenging him in his role of being a part of the Avengers and what that means now in modern era and I appreciate they kind of have a similar not plight because it's it's not, but they have a similar desire to fit somewhere, mm-hmm. and so they. I feel like the entire ep- uh, series they bonded in that way, and w- which is which makes John Walker even suck even more because he doesn't he doesn't understand being displaced. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand not fitting in, yeah. or fitting somewhere, which is why he can't get through to her. <laughs> And, you know, I feel like they did such a, they did a real, at first I was like, I hate this guy, I hate this guy, but they did such a great job. Like, I feel like uh, Wyatt Russell did a really good job portraying this guy that you aren't supposed to like, mm-hmm. like that's, that was, and you know, did you know his very first audition for a movie role was as Captain America? Really? Yeah. I read that and I was like, that's nepotism that you're like, Hey, look at who my parents are. Give me the role of Captain America. But he did, you know, eventually make his own name for himself. I do have to say there were moments where I did feel empathetic towards him. Mm -hmm. Like after he breaks down, I mean, yes, he murdered somebody. I get that. But he can't see, he can't see that action. All he can see is I literally did everything you told me to do. And then there's no, like, it's just, it's just cut and dry. There's no, like. I guess what I related to, let me put it this way. I guess what I related to in that, because you know, I'm not a murderer and I hope to never be one, <laughs> but the emotion of like being let down, mm-hmm. he was let down by the system who built him up and that's soul crushing, but also, you know, he was a murderer. So that's also soul crushing. 
Yeah. It, it does bother me that he, I mean, that he got basically away with that. Yeah. And who know who knows what the fuck he's going to do now that he's whatever they call him. U.S. agent. Yeah. US they're, agent. they're not sure what exactly is that. Is he going to be like part of the Thunderbolts? Is he going to be like something different? I, we're not, we're not hundred percent certain what's going on with that whole situation, but it's exciting to see. Look about Sharon. I feel like out of all the characters that they did on the show that Sharon was the least fleshed out one. Okay. For some people, I feel like it was a huge surprise at the end when you discover that she's the power broker all along. And to me, I was like, oh, she's totally the power broker. Like it's Sharon. Oh, okay. Look at, she's turned into a scumbag. We literally meet her in the episode that's called power broker. Like, I feel like that's very, like if people, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listeners. If you didn't pick up on that, I can't help you. (laughs) But I'm, I'm at the same time. I'm like, okay, they did her, like the America did her dirty after everything happened in, um, winter soldier and civil war and i kind of get where she's coming from she's been on the run for all these years she had to like find a way to protect herself but i don't know I, i'm i'm interested to see what happens with mm-hmm. her because obviously you know she's being accepted back into the fold of the military she's back to being agent carter mm-hmm. which i don't like calling her agent carter because that should be peggy that's peggy peggy, peggy well you know like an winter- angel in winter soldier they kept she introduces herself like i didn't know her name was sharon until later in the franchise because in Mm -hmm. winter soldier when like sam jackson's character is like basically shot to death and like Mm -hmm. dying in steve's apartment and like there's all this gunfire and she comes barreling through the house she's like i'm agent 13 i'm here to protect you and i so i that's always what i called her until civil war probably civil war because i think um uh scarlet um natasha's like what about sharon your neighbor or whatever or what i don't know what it was maybe she didn't call it whatever the point is i didn't know her name was sharon until Mm -hmm. later (laughs) well we we find out who she really is at the funeral for peggy when she's there and she's like my aunt peggy and oh yeah and that's is that in civil war when that happens yeah I got to write this shit down to keep no, track. Okay. I, I know there's a lot it. of movies that you got to keep track of. There's like 25 of them at this point. Yeah. I realized I hadn't seen um, the second Thor movie. That's all right. Yeah. It's not great. I mean, it's more Chris Hemsworth and, and uh, Tom Hiddleston. So you can't really go wrong with that, but it's probably like the, the least favorite, which is so funny because Ragnarok comes back and it's like the best well, like one of my cause... favorite movies out of all of the Marvel movies. I think Taika Waititi had a lot more to do with that. I was going to say, you know why. <laughs> I love Taika Waititi. Oh my God. He's so the much fun to genius. follow on social media. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I don't follow very many celebrities, but I do follow him because he's yeah, hilarious. 100% worth it every time. So what were your thoughts on Sharon? Like I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with her now that she has access back to all these government codes and secrets mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, which I think that shit exists in real life anyway. Like I'm that person who's like, for sure. I'm sure that's already happening. So did you ever watch, what's it called? Everwood it was on the CW. Like I did not. Years. Wasn't Chris Pratt on that show too? Was he? Oh my God. Wasn't he? I just I remember of a different show. Treat, Treat Williams. I think it's his name was like the dad and like, it was like supposed to be Gilmore girls, but for men. Right. Wasn't it like the that's kind of, yeah. The cause the has something happened to his wife and he's got this kid who was, I thought he was cute at the time and she's on that show. So that's my first experience with her. Mm-hmm. And then when she shows up in the Marvel movies, I was like, I please don't let her kiss Chris Evans. Cause I'm gonna be real upset. <laughs> and then she did. 
So when they brought her back here, I was like, okay, cool. Cause we're getting into depth on Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. And thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, and just, Daniel I, Brule. We yeah. have to get talk about Daniel Brule mm-hmm. later on. Yes, please. And I just, I just was like, yeah, okay. You're here. <laughs> yeah. Babe, were you the one I had this conversation with? There's so many roles that exist that I, I feel like are really well written, but then the delivery of them by the performer isn't that great. Mm-mm, I don't think we have. Okay. Maybe I've, we have. I don't remember. I don't know. And I don't remember if I left it in my friend and I had a uh, conversation about that a couple of weeks ago. And I don't remember if I left it in the episode because there's another show that I watched where I just did not appreciate the way I just didn't think the character did a good job, but the character or the actor did a good job, but the character was like, could have been a brilliant character. And I feel that way about Sharon. I feel like mm-hmm. she, she could be a critical piece of the story, but something's falling flat for me. Yeah. I definitely felt like she was like the weakest part of this story, but I mean, there was so many different things going on at the same mm-hmm. time with between the flag smashers and the relationship with Sam and his sister and Bucky and his guilt and all of the other stuff going on with with uh, agent US agent and it, it was a lot already yeah. so like the fact that there was one part that I didn't feel like they flushed out as well as they could have I'm like I'll let that slide you're fine and it's it's Sharon Carter we don't care <laughs> yeah and we know that we're gonna see her again so we'll see what happens yeah she's not I don't know anywhere. where though like what what new thing she's gonna fit into Unless they do a second season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But they are doing a movie. Oh, they are doing a movie. So she might be in that. She might be in that. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Daniel Brule. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so happy that they brought back Zemo. Like, Me so, too. so happy. So ha- just, did you see that clip that Marvel released and blessed Marvel of just him dancing in the club for an hour? What? Yeah. Like it was just like a repeat, like Marvel themselves released it on YouTube. I'm going to send you a link, but it's just him like dancing in the club for an entire hour. Oh, I love it. And you're just like, yes, this is what we needed. Yeah. This is our version of the Snyder cut. Yes. And, but it's actually like good. (laughs) Oh man. Daniel Brule has such, he's such a good actor. Like he brings such gravitas to his roles and he's like, he's just very like, I don't know. He's very in, like charming he's, and capturing. And you can't look away from him when he's acting. Yes. And he's so dedicated to the character's story. If that, no, makes yeah, sense. I get that. Like when we first meet him and he's lost his whole family and it's this whole thing, like, I, first of all, I can't handle parents losing their kids. Like that's hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for every parent. So I understood his pain and losing his family and when he listens to the voicemails from his wife mm-hmm. and you just see him so like defeated, oh, was, uh, nobody should experience pain that way. And he makes it so real. So then when he takes on this plight of like, first of all, Bucky's like, he's the only one who can help us defeat him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, yes, bring him back. I loved how they, yeah. That was a good moment. And then his dedication to destroying Carly. Cause he's just, and he's so matter of fact about it. Like mm-hmm. Sam's got empathy. He understands where Carly's coming from. He's trying to reason with her. And then here's Zima. Who's just like, listen, Sam, she's a bad guy and she's going to just keep getting worse. So you have to kill her <laughs> like point blank kind of stuff. And you're just like, 
I mean, he's not wrong about her probably getting progressively worse, but also like, you're very callous about how you think she should die. (laughs) He definitely has a very uh, finite opinion about super soldiers. So it made me happy that he kind of made amends with Bucky at the Mm -hmm. end there. And I, as a, as much as of a surprise, it was when the van blew up with all of the super soldiers in it, that was heading to the prison. You're like, oh man, they're all going to get away with it. Cause the other guy was like one world, one people. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, they're going to get away. And then all of a sudden they blew up. You're like, oh no, they're not getting away. And he planned that way before he went, oh, back to the raft. It was a brilliant technique to have his valet. Mm-hmm there to be the one that you they pan to after because we get such a brief moment with him in the beginning when he's like sam i was a baron before you blew up my country duh or says that <laughs> and to they're like you're rich and he's like i am a baron yeah like yeah. don't you know that's kind of a big deal and you know he's like oh it's so good to see you old friend blah blah and that's and then there's another scene later where he's like you know if the food's bad feed it to the americans and that's really the only two times we see this valet or valet and then so when they pan to him again at the end you're just like that's some baller shit mm-hmm. and, it, and it really was a very zemo move to do that okay so the one world one people mm-hmm. thing every time somebody said that it made me very uncomfortable and so i was trying to like unpack that myself I was like why does mm-hmm. this make me uncomfortable well you know in all of the marvel movies it's like hail hydra they mm-hmm. whisper that to each other so that sort of that bringing that one world one people and then they whisper it to each other the way that everyone whispered hail hydra to get to each other i wonder if that was to try and make them in the same vein if that makes sense because you know like in the beginning you kind of feel for them a little bit and then carly goes rogue and starts Mm -hmm. you know killing people and you're just like i don't feel sad for you anymore i feel like you're right with that because saying saying the words one world one people should be more of like a oh yeah that's a good sentiment to have but the way they the way they said it and like the delivery did definitely have like a hail hydra vibe okay the very last episode yeah there was a lot to unpack in that last episode episode six is when we learn isaiah bradley's real story that he spent 30 years in prison he had the love of his life right i think was it in the last episode or maybe it was episode no it was episode five episode five is when he goes and sees him so he sees isaiah bradley and isaiah basically cautions him he's like Mm -hmm. you gotta be batshit crazy to be a black man in america and take up those stars and stripes like the fuck is wrong with you yeah (laughs) Um, and from his experience it makes sense for him to say that 100 percent. i feel like anybody without the emotional maturity that sam has would have had a hard time taking on that mantle absolutely because it's scary going out into public eye in that way and sam i i think sam has a good heart the way that steve has a good heart oh absolutely and that's why they were able to bond so well but i love that when he's at his hometown and his sister says to him there's a fight out there and there's a fight here and bro you've taken them both on so you really gonna let isaiah bradley get in your head it's like spoken like a sister i know that's what i was gonna say i was like sounds like a sister trying to talk down to the brother like mm-hmm. and then sam says what would more be- like that protective thing like nobody else can make fun of you except for me yes. like that thing and then sam responds with what would be the point of all the pain and sacrifice if i wasn't willing to stand up and keep fighting and i just i really loved that that's such a captain america thing to say it really was oh good job anthony mackie i'm so proud of you 
I, ha- I heard rumors from people saying like, oh, I don't know if he can handle like having his own show and stuff. But by the end of that last episode, like he proved that monologue at the end when he was talking to the senators and like the angelic view of him ca- coming down with Carly's body. Yes. Like everything in that last scene that he did was like, just made me cry. Yeah, it was very Captain America. It was very Captain America. It was very impactful. It was very like, this is what I'm rooting for. And this mm-hmm. is why I watched the show to like feel this, this, these feelings. Mm-hmm. I love that when they're walking away from that scene and Bucky says, good job, Cap, or, or nice job, Cap. Yeah, something like that. But he called him Cap. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's like, it's Cap. And he knows it. Like Sam's going into this knowing that he is people are going to hate him just -hmm. for the fact that he's a black man wearing the stars and stripes and i think that's a really healthy mentality when he's starting this kind of big high profile job i guess Mm -hmm. i think when you are not delusional and you have a firm grasp on reality you can do more good than harm Mm -hmm. and i'm sure like even before filming after the end of endgame anthony mackie himself like saw plenty of reactions mm-hmm. to people um knowing that he had the shield even if he even if like we hadn't had the show yet and we knew that he was going to give away the shield at first like people thinking that he's going to be the next captain america i'm sure he got an unhealthy amount of vitriol because of yeah. that mm-hmm. so he 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 probably brought that feeling in or hopefully he didn't see all of that but you know i'm sure he saw some of it but he probably brought a lot of that into um, the emotions that he brought in as Sam. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to hate me, but I'm still going to do what I meant to do. And I love that because it's showing how selfless he is, regardless mm-hmm. of how he's being treated, he's still going to choose to do the right thing. I feel like this show did a good job of answering a lot of questions that we had, especially after our conversation about WandaVision, but what was going on post-snap, like mm. how people were being um relocated how people were coming back and like what happens to these people once they come back I felt like they did a good job of showing the struggles that people were having with that but I I do want to delve more into people's experience with that too yeah because I can't imagine either side I can't imagine like with we saw with um Rambo she's the one who disappeared and coming Mm -hmm. back in the world so different And with Sarah's experience, his sister, you know, she's, she was stuck at, not stuck at home. I don't want to say it that way because that's not fair, but she, that's essentially what she was. She was the one having to hold down the fort and figuring out, you know, her husband's gone and her, she's got these two little kids and she's got to figure stuff out. And then Sam comes back and he's like, I'm here now. And she's like, fuck you. You've been gone. (laughs) Like, you don't know what I've been through. Like I said, with Bucky and Steve, I like I get that struggle of not fitting somewhere and just being desperate for a connection and a bond with somebody. Like I totally get that, that shared experience situation, you know, having somebody with shared experience, no two mixed people have the same experience. It's a very singular experience, even within family dynamics. My experience is very different from my siblings and that's true for them. So when Steve comes in to the show into the first Avenger. He's figuring out how to transition into this new world. I related it to my experience of trying to figure out how to fit into the real world. Cause the world my parents created isn't really real. Cause they're like, you're perfect and you're wonderful and we love you. And this is where you can be who you are. And then you go out into the real world and everyone's like, the fuck? 
Yeah, no, I get that. And that's, you know, probably true for a lot of people who are living in the margins or like subverting people's expectations when they meet you and they're like, oh, you're not really the kind of person that I thought you would be meeting. I don't know. I've, I've gotten that a lot in my life. Like, oh, you're not you're not like all the other Indian people I've ever met. And I'm like, yeah, I, okay. I, Cause I, you've never met me before. And what does that even mean? Like, am I not fitting the stereotype that you have in your head that suddenly now, like you probably shouldn't have in your head. Yeah. That's exactly it. Which is unfortunate. And I think pop culture has a lot to do with that. Okay. Bonus scenes. Did yes. you, did you wait until the very end of every episode? I did. And we only got the two bonus endings, right? The Episode one of, five. You, of John of John Walker. Was it John Walker? Yep. Making his makeshift fucking shield. I know. I was like, are they trying to make like an Iron Man reference with this? Because that was really frustrating to me to hear. I didn't I, I didn't know if they were or not, but I was like, this he is nothing like Captain or like Iron Man. Yeah. I, that didn't even cross my mind for it to be an Iron Man reference. You know, like working in his garage, like scrapping together parts to make his suit. I just thought he was now so in need of mental health support that he was like, how dare they take my shield? I'll make my own. Oh, maybe it was that too. And then, and then it's a piece of garbage. (laughs) Throws it and then it gets dented the first time. Like, what did you think was going to happen, John? I know it's not vibranium. Yeah. I love that scene when they're working on the boat and he's like, why didn't you use the metal arm? And he's like, I'm trying to use a dominant hand. Yeah, I love that. He's just like, I forget that I'm, I have it. My yeah. left, I'm right-handed. Yeah. And that was, that was a hilarious line to me. And I was, I thought that was a really clever thing. It just humanized him a little bit more. Yeah. And it, they have such a, it just hi- emphasizes how great the relationship is. You know, they mm-hmm. can, they're so cute. I just want them to always have a TV show. <laughs> Well, they're going to get a movie. So that's very exciting. That is very exciting. How about when Sam was like, stop flirting with my sister? Oh, yeah. So I was like, I get it. Get Mm -hmm. it, girl. Get it, girl. So when all the stuff about him being bi came out, I was like, but I I got a bigger connection, uh, romantic connection between Sarah and Bucky than I did Bucky being bi. Mm -hmm. And then when Sam says, stop flirting with my sister, it's like, okay, so I'm not off the mark. They really are having moments. (laughs) You're just jealous. Probably. I do love that quote in episode six when he, when Matt Anthony, um, excuse me, Sam is giving a speech and he says, look, you people have just as much power as an insane God or a misguided teenager. The question you have to ask yourself is how are you going to use it? And I, I appreciated that because to me, it says that he still saw something in Carly that not that she could come back from, but he still saw Carly as human. Mm-hmm. Whereas the GRC saw her as a monster. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't even fight her. Mm-hmm. She was like desperate for him to fight for him to fight her. And she was like, fight me. And he was like, I'm not going to fight you. I don't, this isn't like something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the age gap is so significant. It's not a fair fight in my mind. I don't even, I mean, she was stronger than he was. Mm-hmm with the super soldier serum but so there's a point in episode four where zemo asks sam if you could take the serum would you and in that same episode john asks lamar 
the same question mm-hmm. and Sam's answer is like the equivalent of fuck no but Lamar's answer is like yeah 100% I would do it and I thought that was interesting because Sam has like this back end knowledge of both Steve and Bucky and what the serum did to either of them mm-hmm. and the struggles and conflicts that they felt because of the serum but then there's the other side of it where it's glamorized to your superhero. You have the superhero strength and it makes you in, um, invincible in a way. And how these guys who don't have the experience or the trauma of being the prototypes are just like 100% we'd do it. And I thought that was an interesting display. Display is not the right word. Disposition. Uh, da, da. This. parallel because the comparison between the two right like here's the one who's like no this is they were tested on their lives were terrible because of it sort of terrible because of it like especially in Bucky's situation and then these guys are like yeah fuck it let's take it we're gonna be super soldiers (laughs) but I don't know what to call that disparity maybe dissonance Uh, they're gonna take my English degrees away why is this so hard? I don't know. I just come to me at like three o'clock in the morning and I'll be like, (laughs) right. Did you know that, um, Elijah is Isaiah or Elijah? I always, Oh, Isaiah. Isaiah. It was Isaiah, but his grandson's name was Eli Bradley. And he is going to be the Patriot for young Avengers. That's, that's, that's what the character was in the comics. So his grandson is going to definitely be showing up again i love that and so will um the sam sidekick that was in the military that has his wings Mm. he Uh, is going to be yeah taurus he's going to be the next falcon that was one of the the throwaway line when he was like oh what do you want to do with these wings and sam's like keep them like nathan's like he's gonna be he's gonna be falcon which was pretty cool oh i love that nathan picked up on that because i well he i mean he's read the comic so oh got it Speaking of Isaiah Bradley and Eli, though, I love that scene in the end when he's when Anthony Mackie's like, come with me. Let's go. Come on. Put your jacket I on. I was crying so hard during that scene. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very. And the emotions on his face when he hugged him. And I was just like, oh, my God, old man. No, don't. You're going to make me cry. It was it was beautiful. It's so good. And I love that redemption. I don't know what internet chatter exists about it. And I think I'm going to stay away from it because it doesn't matter how old you are. He got validated in his work for his country. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful because so many people go unnoticed mm-hmm. in the hard work and the sacrifice and the commitments they make. And Isaiah made the ultimate sacrifice. I cannot imagine not living with the love of your life and being kept from the love of your life. Like, I don't have a love of my life. That's why I can't imagine it. Cause I know how I am when I am in a relationship. I'm not like a weird girlfriend who's like, you can't have your own life, but I definitely like when we share our, the moments we share together, like I don't want anything to get in the way of that. So Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like not getting letters, not being a part of birthdays, not celebrating anniversaries, like kids, not getting to see your kids be born, your grandkids, you like, oh my God, that's devastating. I just love that he got redemption in the end. Yeah. And it was beautifully done. 
Okay. So I actually didn't realize that there was going to be a movie. So thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. So I'm going to change this last question a little bit. What do we want to see in the movie or, and do we want to see a season two? Well, I don't know if we will need a season two because of the movie. movie. Although I did really love the end credits um, on the last episode at the end. Did you notice that it said Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. I was like, yes. Captain America don't forget it um I feel like uh we're going to be I don't because I don't think they're going to shy away from it I think we will see a lot of backlash against having a black Captain America I think I would say that we probably are going to see more from Sharon and I feel like now that Sharon has all this knowledge but she's lost all her uh, muscle that she had that she (laughs) might she might get desperate for protection yeah I don't know. I feel like they might, there might be, they might be building her up to be the bad guy for the movie. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know much about the comic series. Like I got the sense that Val, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character, Mm -hmm. at some point I got like, cause you know, there's this chatter between the power broker and everybody else and how she needs the winter soldier serum and all this stuff. And she needs her winter soldier, her soldiers, blah, blah. So when Val shows up, I had a moment of like, are Val and the power broker on the same team or on different teams? I think they're on different teams. Okay. Then they're both self-serving. I don't really feel like uh, they're on. I think they're on different teams, but they're after probably the same thing, which is just accumulating as much power as they can. Yeah. Our own protection. Yeah. Cause you're not wrong. I mean, she's Sharon's lost all of her she's basically funding that guy to make this serum for her mm-hmm. and then zima gives no fucks and just kills him <laughs> just like boom that. boom you're gone problem solved now let's yeah. get the rest like he was so matter of fact about the whole thing did you see assembled on disney plus i did yes what did you think i thought so i knew um, going into it that they had been shut down because of the pandemic um, but I thought they did a really good job of like seamlessly like you couldn't tell where they stopped production yeah. and they started it up again like I felt they did a really good job of making sure it was like as seamless as possible there was a lot more CGI than I thought that they did a really good job of like blending yes um, especially the scenes in the first episode with the when the he's going fight. through the canyon with when he's flying through the canyon to oh. rescue that soldier. And then um, the end with his costume and stuff, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like the magic of movie making or yeah. television making, I guess. I really love how they were very conscious and aware of what they were doing when it comes to the narrative of being a black man in America. Oh like, yeah. I, and I, and a lot of the stuff that the people they interview said, I was like, okay, cool. That's the vibe I was getting. That's how I was feeling. So I'm glad to know that the creators like felt that way and then channeled it into the work. Cause sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk to somebody who creates art and you're just like, Oh, this is what I got. And they're like, that's not what I was trying to do. (laughs) Shit. I was wrong. Yeah. And I know that Anthony Mackie seems very much aware of the, the role that he's been placed in now and how he will be perceived. I want I want to say like, I read something right after Endgame where he was telling his son that he was going to be captain America and his Mm -hmm. son like started crying. And I was like, that, that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on all the negative people or the people that, you know, are like, oh, black man is Captain America. I'm going to look at the people that are looking at him to be like, why this, I mean, 
Yeah. I don't know. Anthony Mackie plays Sam Wilson so well. He's comp he, he, they're all complicated, but he has the same value system that Steve Roger ha- Rogers has in the sense of we have to protect and care for our people. And I think when you pull away the layers of everything else in the world, that's really what people, I, in a perfect world, that's what people would focus on. I'm happy that little boys and little girls are going to go up with a black captain America and not think that that's like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like the way my daughter is growing up with watching TV and there's Indian characters on television or like, there's a whole entire show dedicated to like on Disney, like a mirror. Like I didn't grow up with that. I didn't, I grew up not having anybody that looked like me on television and my daughter gets to grow up with not that. And that makes me so incredibly happy. Yeah. I do love that. Okay. Who do you like better Bucky or Sam? Sam as a person. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. Don't take their looks into consideration. Mm, Okay. Sam is the person I should like. But Bucky would be the person that I'd be like, I need this guy to date me like now because he's <laughs> stares. I love how they always comment. Does he always just like stare like that? The brooding. Sam, yeah. You'll, Sam's like, you get used to it. Though That's the type of guy that I have dated more than I have any other type of guy. It's not good ladies. Don't do that. Have you heard people trying to compare yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier to WandaVision? What? Well, just because they're both, you know, Marvel shows on Disney plus. And I feel like it's a really unfair comparison. Like it's very apples to oranges that are very different as far as the concept of the show, the Mm. execution of the show, what they were trying to prove, like set out to do. Yeah. Which I thought was like a a weird, like I try not to, I feel like I got too, like when we talked about WandaVision, I Mm -hmm. was going through the boards and like got super caught up with all of the rumors and the things that people were trying to uh, think what were going to happen. So I try to back off with that with Falcon and Winter Soldier because I didn't want other people's ideas in my head as much. Mm-hmm. And I think it helped, but I feel like now I should go back and reread some of the stuff, the, the boards and stuff and see what other people were saying. They all had their own lives prior to being sort of adopted by the Avengers. And it makes sense for them to now, like now that the Avengers has ended where it ended for them to sort of go back to what those lives were. But mm-hmm. then also they have the experience of being an Avenger so, or a part of that team so now they have to figure out how that plays in i think that we don't do enough to dive into what makes somebody complicated because i feel like maybe we feel i feel like humans feel more more out of place and like they don't fit than they do fit how people feel versus how they're perceived yes okay i get that because here's Sam, he's this big hero and everyone's happy to see him and he and 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 they love him but then they don't love him mm. Like if they don't recognize him, he's a problem. But once they recognize him, they're like, oh, you're a hero. And that's got to be really hard. Yeah, because he's not going to walk around with like a shirt that says I am the Falcon (laughs) on it all the time. I am the Black Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Like Red Wing just following him everywhere he goes. Oh, and it was so sad when Red Wing broke. Oh, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. But he got like a cooler upgraded version of Red Wing, I guess, from the Wakandans. (sighs) We need more Wakanda in our lives. Oh, can we talk about um, his new suit too? Falcon? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that when you first saw it? I hate it. You do? (laughs) But I understand it's true to the comic. It is true to the comics. So I just, so, and I get why they did it, but I 
don't love this part. Yeah. I don't the love neck. the glasses. I, I can tell you exactly why I don't love the glasses. Even though it makes sense because he's like flying to have yes. it. Do you watch The Boys? It's in my queue. Okay. So there's a character named A-Train who has glasses like that because he <gasps> runs really fast. And it reminds me of A-Train. And I'm like, every time I see Sam, I'm like, all I can see is A-Train and I hate it. Oh, that's all I see. But the suit in general, the white and the silver with the red and blue mm-hmm. and the wings, I think is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I love how that looks. So I guess the part that I hate is the neck part. And then every time he turned his head, he looked uncomfortable. Like, or at least I interpret him looking uncomfortable, but I hated, I hate, but I also don't like shit on my neck that like feels constricting. Okay. I can see that. I wear a lot of scarves, so maybe I, but like I it just like, but I get, they wanted it to be functional as well as mm-hmm. pretty. So I get why they did it. I'm glad that they did it because you do have to think like, oh, he's flying at these high speeds, at these altitude, right. like a real man would, you know, have to suffer for that, but they've kind of worked around that. But I thought yeah. the suit in general was, was really beautiful. Well, and like you said, uh, a little bit ago when he like lands and he's holding Carly and that's just a beautiful scene. Like I, I, uh, yes, totally angelic. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the close up and saw the neck thing, I was like, okay. Those poor CGI guys had to work a lot on like, cause the gapped a lot whenever yeah. he moved his neck to like make it look seamless. So, oh, Bucky oh. going back to Yori to admit that he was the one who murdered his son. That was so sad. That was really sad. I was wondering where that scene was going when they first showed it mm-hmm. um because it's episodes yeah. apart right like mm-hmm. they showed that early in the season and then he doesn't go back to yori until the very last episode yeah and they show you why yori was important early on too like they all they showed the scene and mm-hmm. then they showed yuri's importance and then they showed the apology at the end and that was heartbreaking i'm kind of glad that they didn't really show it show it but it showed him like moving on with his life both of them moving on with their life afterwards was really important i agree again i cannot imagine what it's like to like it's like my biggest fear is to lose my kid to outlive my kid hmm. especially before he gives me grandchildren <laughs> i need to stop living in a tv show and live in the real world okay. well i really appreciate you coming back and having this conversation with me about you know my celebrity crushes <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.